Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And now, coming to you live from atop the Lavender Town Radio Tower, it's the one, the only, Pucko Podcast! It's Pucko! And welcome to the 327th episode of the Puckle Podcast. I am your host, Trainer Thatch, here today with my delectable co-hosts. Scrum. Some say, Lord Yashiro. Um, it's just some. Just some say. Welcome to the Puckle Podcast, the show for all of your Pokemon knowledge, uh, or Pokemon information, from the video game to the trading card game to soon-to-be Detective Pikachu. Yes! Hype! I'm not super excited, but we can talk about it later. We all know there's just one person excited, and that's me. I don't know why I'm so excited for that game. Puckle, of course, stands for the Pokemon Underground Champions League, a nonsensical name that Scrawn came up with with JFK back in 1961. Yeah, heard it, kids. <laughs> <laughs> so, Scrawn curved that bullet with I'm the oldest Puckalodian here. Yep, there we go. That's exactly how it happened, guys. True story. So, that, as always... Uh, welcome to the show if you're new. Welcome back if you're old. And I just want to know how you guys been lately. Oh, I've been. I've been. Oh. Uh, it's been my uh, midterm week, and like uh, I've been uh, doing practicing on pocket whenever I get a chance. But uh, lately, my addiction has been climbing the ranks in the Hearthstone. Um, oh, nice game. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's fun, except mm-hmm. for whenever I get incredibly salty. But, uh, <laughs> Except when no. I lose, it's uh, it's a pretty good yeah, game. No. Um, I managed to in my most recent UUTC match against Aggie. I managed to uh, use uh, a lowland golem to the utmost capability, on which I KO'd three of his team members with a lowland golem. <laughs> uh, so that was fun, and I didn't even care. Oh yeah, I had to play mine today. I almost forgot. Thanks for reminding me. Oh. You're welcome. <laughs> play mine today. I totally forgot about that. Other than that, like, I need to get through this week. I need to uh, write some papers, uh, and then I'll be free again. But what have you been doing, Jashira? Uh, well, a lot and not much at the same time. 
Uh, I've been moving, as you guys all know. Uh, got to my new place, so that's fun. Um, in terms of Pokemon, I've been playing TCG, really enjoying Ultra Prism and everything that's come with it, enjoying all these regionals. If you guys haven't stayed uh, in tune with those regionals, they've been fantastic. I was there. Oh, yes. Yes, congratulations, <laughs> by the way. Oh, well, thank you. Congratulations. Oh, right, let's you not talk eight, about right? that. No, I top 16 Top 16, that's, that's awesome. why. That's why I'm hashtag Thatch Ketchum. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And recording uh, yeah, a lot and, uh, uh, of course, uh, uh, preparing for the TCG tournament that's going to come soon. So stay tuned to those on this week's episode of TCG Cast. Ooh, that sounds fun. Uh, as for me, I, I've been playing, uh, I took a break after the regional last week of like competitive Pokemon. One, because if I start playing it, it's going to distract me from writing my thesis, which I need to write. Fun. And, and two, I also uh, have been just doing like a Nuzlocke of yellow as like a, as like a, to get my Pokemon fix, you know? And I'm really excited because we also got like my, you guys know my wife. Yeah, never heard of her. Yeah, you guys know my wife, and you know she's got an addiction to Pokemon cards, like oh, cracking the packs, and literally nothing else, just cracking the packs. <laughs> and so, uh, I've got I've got ninety two code cards of Ultra Prism just like sitting on my TCGO account right now. That's awesome. I'm just waiting for her to crack them so I can go play. <laughs> <laughs> that like, is awesome. I'm waiting for her to come back today so that she can open them all up, and then I can start building decks with Ultra Prism cards. Because Ultra Prism seems like to... a really fun set. Yeah, no, it, it is. It is. It definitely is. And, and everyone should definitely jump in because it's, it's, it's a fun deck that is really making its turns and changing the meta once again. Mm-hmm. We've already changed the meta. The thing about the TCG right now is that every, every other set that is coming out is changing everything. I would say so, I would say ever like Sun and Moon to um, Burning Shadows like was like all three of those sets did really well. Um, yeah, yeah. I, even even the the not so good ones still brought great cards in. It's just mm-hmm. the set overall wasn't as good as the other ones. But whenever we thought that, um, uh, oh, forgot the name. Uh, whenever we thought that Gardevoir GX was on top. In comes in uh, uh, Sotoarg. Whenever we got, we thought Sotoarg was on top. In comes in uh, Buswold. It's every time changing. I've never seen mm-hmm. the, the meta so volatile and so exciting at the same time. It, it's great. Oh yeah, it's it's intense. I I'm a big fan, and I'm definitely looking to getting back into it because I haven't played a lot since uh, I'd say last December. So I mean, I guess that's not too long, but nah, yeah, it's you're, uh, still, you're still recent. I'm still recent enough. I just haven't been able to purchase any cards, and I haven't had the time to go to League recently just because I'm writing a thesis, and that takes literally forever because it's like, hey, would you like to write this 150-page paper? And it's just like, not really. (laughs) (laughs) No, and the thing, the the, the downside, though, is with so much volatile means that now every set has cards that you have to buy. My where it was that like you know uh, a year back you could make one deck and that deck was at least good for six or nine months. Yeah, uh, I agree Greninja, with that. Right, Greninja. You built Greninja. Greninja was good for like over a year. And yeah, there's hardly any changes made to that deck. Now it's like, nope. Every set you have to get something because something incredibly good has been come out, and every deck needs it. Like Cynthia in Ultra Prisms. Like and Cynthia is amazing. It sounds like the ultimate marketing strategy for the Pokemon yeah. TCG. Honestly, yeah, they, they, they like found it. it. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, they right now they might change. You know how it is. Whenever you think they're going well, they. <laughs> 
do something that you're like, why did you do that? Uh, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Evolution. <laughs> but um, uh, I, I'm excited. But enough of that. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it is really exciting. That I, I'm super hyped for it. Ultra Prism was definitely incredibly exciting. We, we've picked up some stuff um, for PuckleCon with Ultra Prism. So I'm actually really excited for that at PuckleCon. And it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. It's gonna be a good time because we're we're working it's on a lot of. It's gonna be a good time. We're working on a lot of puckle stuff right now. Um, well, we're gonna take a back seat for like three, four weeks while I try to graduate and try to find a place to live and a job and you know just life. You know, just just yeah. find everything necessary to eat in the next few months, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Just just hey, fight for survival. I- will offer you an opportunity to live on the floor of my dorm room for the next four months if you feel like it oh no so i'm good for like the next uh i'm good for like the next three months Uh, (laughs) i just it's the uh it's the after the three months part that i need to you know find a place to live find a place to work find a place well i have a townhouse now and you can come you know oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) there we go there we go well, I technically I'm technically renting my apartment until like the end of August, but at the yeah. same time I won't have a job at the end of May. So, yeah. I need to go find a place to make money so that I can pay for said apartment. Yeah. And yeah. So that's that's the fun part. It's going to be exciting. I think I think we've got most of it locked down, so hopefully by the end of next month I could be like, "Yeah, I know I'm moving. It's going to be great." It's um, going to be Seattle. I'm going to work for Pokémon. I wish. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, it's the reality of it is I probably know where I'm going to be in the next couple of weeks. And it's, uh, it's not nearly as exciting as Seattle. <laughs> oh boy. Can't yeah. wait to hear. Oh yeah. All right. So I guess that's going to be it. We got some news to talk about though. So we're going to kick it on over to the news. So let's cue that epic music. <laughs> Radio Tower. This just in. And on to the news. And in the news, we've got a few things. First being the Detective Pikachu trailer dropped. We got a second one, along with a lot more screenshots of Detective Pikachu, which is almost exciting. Very exciting piece. I want to hear Jushiro why you are so hyped for this game because I know you are. Like out of everybody in the in like the guild, you are definitely the the most hyped. I'm excited because, uh, and to be completely honest, and, and this is going to make you laugh, I, ha- I hardly know anything about the game. I've kept myself in the dark. Um, hey, Jushiro, seen... can you come closer to the mic? Sure. Um, so, um, yeah, I've, I've definitely kept myself in the dark when it comes to uh, all the things that have shown up. The reason why I'm so excited, I'm a big fan of puzzle games like Professor Layton and uh, Ace Attorney. Uh, and all these games that are based on uh, solving puzzles. And the fact that Pokemon is now bringing their own. Because it, I, I love those type of puzzle games, not the Tetris type of puzzle games. You know, we've had million, a million of the Pokemon games uh, for those ones. But these problem solving games that, you know, it has a plot. And I just, I, I die for them. And I'm so excited for Detective Pikachu. I would say just not to get your hopes up too high. Because... okay. Honestly, what I what I expect, like I enjoy Ace Attorney as well. I, I'll say that, like, and that's that's more of a uh, interactive novel than anything else, right? Uh, yeah. The thing that I'm worried about is that we're gonna get watered down 
a watered down version of of Ace Attorney. Like, I don't think you could water that game down effectively. And hmm. if you do, I just feel like you're just going to get like these super simple puzzles that aren't going to be that much fun. Maybe it's fun for like, you know, a 10 year old or something like that. But, is it for Switch? No, this is for 3DS. Oh, yeah. For the console that thus diffuses to die. They made that comment a couple weeks ago. I, I, I assume you guys saw it. Where they're just like, yeah. yeah, if it keeps going, why should we cop it, right? It hit record number sales on January. Yeah, what's up with that? It's like, what's going on? It just keeps going. It's just making mo- it just keeps making money, and they keep making units for it. I think you're going to start seeing less and less support for it as yeah. the time goes on. We're going to see a lot of dual releases, I think. You're going to see like a Switch <laughs> version and then a uh, Ace 3DS version. Well, some of those screenshots were pretty cool. I did like the the Murkrow one, where it's like holding a black feather up to the Murkrow, examining if the feather came from the Murkrow. <laughs> uh, there was a hoot hoot in a cafe, and there I think either was one with an Ariados. All right, nice. so many birds. Why? Yeah. <laughs> the one thing that I thought was really interesting was if you watch the trailer, there's actually a scene with the Pikachu and Mimikyu. And the reason I think this is odd is because we're getting a release of Detective Pikachu. Detective Pikachu came out in Japan like a year and a half ago. It was True. a 3DS game. It came out before the launch of Sun and Moon, though. And yeah, Gen 7 Pokemon yeah. weren't in that game. So it's really interesting that they've, like, they've made updates so that there are Gen 7 Pokemon in this game. Nice. <laughs> so I'm very interested. I know they're doing it just to sell to like bring awareness to the brand because we have the Ryan Reynolds movie coming out next year. But yeah, let's all get uh, let's all get super hyped for that. Speaking of Pokemon movies, though, uh, we found out that they're going to be releasing more information about the 21st Pokemon movie on the 27th, which is this Tuesday. It's probably in Japan on the 27th. So the 26th in the U.S. And mm-hmm. we're going to be getting more information about that. It looks really interesting because it's uh, it's still the Ash not in the anime canon. Yeah. It's the Ash from the 20th movie. And but they're going to be taking on different. Lugia this time, just like they took on Ho the last movie. It's really interesting. I'm excited for it. The art style is what really surprises me that they really take took a turn, sharp turn on how they uh, the art style of, that, of the anime. It looks a lot more, a lot less Bakugan, a lot more Sailor Moonish. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's a little bit glossier. I think that's the description <laughs> yeah. I would use. It's it's yeah. a little bit it's a little bit glossier in terms of how they decided to go with the anime art style for these movies. Mm-hmm. I also like that they're not following the anime at all. Like we yeah. just we just got our own Ash Ketchum now for these movies. They did introduce a diverse cast of characters. Oh yeah, uh, I loved it. I absolutely loved and it. And it's really a great movie theater experience because I remember very explicitly seeing it in Japan, the first one. Mm-hmm. I saw I saw the first I saw the twentieth movie in theaters as well. And I thought that was a good experience outside of like when Pikachu spoke because it just wasn't done very well, I think, in the English version because they yeah. didn't find so- they didn't find somebody close enough to Pikachu's voice actor to be yeah. able to like make that transition easy. It just it was just like super abrupt, like Pikachu speaking about some nonsense. And, it was uh, basically unnoticeable in Japanese. It, it would be in Japanese. I would believe that because they had the same voice actor for the Pikachu line. And they could just ask her to do it, and that's perfectly fine. But in the U.S., she's not the voice act. Well, she speaks Japanese. She doesn't speak English, right? 
and mm. that that so they had to go find an English voice actor to do it while they have the Pikachu voice still being the voice of the Japanese voice actor. <laughs> so, so what did it sound like in English? I'm kind so of like so like you have like normal Pikachu, and then you just have like this abrupt like really soft woman's voice, like, but I always want to be with you, you know, and it's just like <laughs> it's very abrupt. It's like it's a very abrupt transition, and it just it takes a lot of people out of it just because of that transition. <laughs> I remember Gator had a meltdown the day after it came out, or something. Yeah, a lot it's of people like, were upset about it. The movie was good until that happened. Yep, <laughs> yep, that's exactly what happened. It was like Pikachu well, spoke, and then it was done. I was just like, I couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> just learn Japanese, make make your lives easier. This one was. I, I'm excited for this one though. I think we're gonna get some kind of retelling of, um, retelling of the Pokemon the movie 2000, which we can all agree was the best Pokemon movie, of all time. And what? You just agree with me without having any arguments. It's fine. Um, and, uh, because you know deep in your hearts of hearts that the best Pokemon movie was Pokemon the movie 2000. Um, sure. <laughs> Good one. Although I would say that the Darkrai movie came close. The Darkrai movie was decent. I would say they like like we had this long like drought of good Pokemon movies. Good. I'm putting good in quotes. This is a podcast. You guys can tell this. And <laughs> we're gonna go ahead. But uh, then, like when you get to the Diamond and Pearl movies, like they kind of like stepped it up again. <laughs> so it was it was definitely better. Yeah. I appreciated that. But let's move on. There's some more news. Uh, if you play Pokemon Go and you're like, man, I missed out on Kyogre and Groudon raids, and then you, and since then you've made friends to go do those raids with you, uh, Groudon and Kyogre are backed as legendary raids until March 5th, so definitely check that out. Nice. They are fighting yeah. once again. They're here. Yay. Didn't the activity also start it? Uh... To put them back into the ground and the sea. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't an activity happen on Saturday where everyone had like shiny Dratinis? Yeah, so uh, they've been doing. Me. If you if you haven't <laughs> been playing Pokemon Go, they have a community day every month now, um, and so this is typically from two to five p.m. Eastern or eleven a.m. to two p.m. Pacific time in the U.S. Uh, once a month, I believe they're trying to shoot for like the last Saturday of the month or something like that every month. And so last month they did Pikachu. This month they did Dratini. And so it's it's pretty exciting because you like you get out there and that's like there's a bunch of other people out there and you can actually find people to raid with to do these larger raids. Yeah. So I, I really do appreciate it. And I think it's one of those things that makes me keep playing the game. The fact that they have instituted something like that into their system. Yeah. Uh, I'm just salty yeah, because I, I slept it. through it. <laughs> the entirety of it. Dude, I got what enough candy to like get through? two Dragonites. That hurts. Oh, actually, uh, I stayed up really late just playing video games with my friends. So. <laughs> it's probably oh, this, a better time. The, the college life. How I yeah. All right. So two last things. First of all, the Heatran and Regigigas for the next month of Legendary Pokemon, which is March. Th- those are to be given away via a Pokemon Trainers Club newsletter. So if you haven't already, make sure you go to Pokemon.com and get signed up for that so that you don't miss out. And then the final piece of news, Pokemon-wise is that both the North American International and Worlds have finally gotten dates and locations and stuff like that. So the North American International is going to be in Columbus, Ohio uh, from July 6th to July 8th. 
So if you want to go to the North American International, that's where it is. Say hi when you wave at me. Um, well, I might go. I haven't decided yet. I might if I go. It might just be for the Saturday, just to hang out. Uh, if you want to go to Worlds, though, those will be at the Music City Center in Nashville, Tennessee, August twenty fourth to the twenty sixth. Yay! Uh, that's so annoying. Like, I feel so bad for like the people from other countries who have to fly to Nashville for their <laughs> vacation. I feel like I feel like there's worse places to travel though. Well, I'm also like personally annoyed because it being in another country would be a perfect excuse for me to travel to that country. Worlds has literally never been in another country except for that one time it was in Vancouver. But let's be honest, that's essentially America. (laughs) You're saying it's the American. Let me get this right. Did you just say that Canada is essentially the United States? No, I said Vancouver is. Okay, Vancouver. Okay, well. (laughs) That's a little more redeemable. I'm just trying to uh, make sure that our Canadian listeners don't feel like they are uh, being attacked here. <laughs> I mean, the wor- what's Attack- the worst? Colonized. What's the worst that can happen? We can change storm emails apologizing for that. Yeah, there we go. There we go. That's what we should do. Uh, <laughs> I'll just tweet it out aggressively. It's fine. Um, all right. So- Vancouver is USA. <laughs> All right. So finally, some Puckle news. The biggest piece of Puckle news is that we are going to be having the Piddle applications up by the time you're listening to this show. And so if you want to try to apply for the Puckle Draft League, you can go ahead and do that. We're going to be making decisions on who to let in by the end of next week. So definitely do that. At the same time, tiers will be up. The updated tiers will be up. And it's going to be an overall good time. So if you want to participate in that, that's how you do it. Um, all of the questions really are there. If you have questions, yeah, it is a good time. It's really, It is yeah. really fun. It's in my opinion, the Puckle Draft League is like the ideal way to play Pokemon, mm-hmm. but it is very involved, and it does. Uh, we do get a lot of people, and like not everyone can do it because of the sheer amount of Pokemon that mm-hmm. we have to uh, limit it to. Does that make sense? Yes, it's only get, we're only going to let in twenty four coaches, but it's based on uh, community interaction and stuff like that. How much you participate in the community. Because we want to get those people in who actually participate in our community into their position before anybody else. So definitely consider signing up for that. You can check. You'll be able to find it on our Discord. If you might have to draw, don't sign up. (laughs) Yes, please don't. It's a headache when people drop. It's such a headache. But that is going to be it for the news, guys. We're going to kick it on over to Puckles Poke Quiz, or we're going to quiz you guys on what's in your noggins. And welcome to Puckles Poke Quiz, the part of the show where we quiz your co-host on their innate Pokemon knowledge. And as always, what we're doing here is our co-hosts are going to be operating as a team to answer five questions worth one point apiece, though one question will have a bonus point. They are allowed one hint throughout the series of questions. However, if they get all of these questions right without using the hint, they will be allowed to cash that in for an extra point for a possible total of seven today. They are competing against every other co-host that comes on the show at, say, race to 30 points. And I believe Scrawn and Sublime are the two in the race for it right now. So can, yeah. uh, I think everybody else is significantly farther behind. So <laughs> I think it's like a nine-point differential between them and everybody else. 
because well, they're they're definitely fighting for it. And I love I'll try that. my hardest, Thatch. All right. So if you guys are ready, though, I have some questions for you. Cute. Let's do it. All right. So question number one. This comes from Seth Vilo. He wants to know what does the move magnetic flux do? Uh, what? Magnetic Ma- flux. Okay. What Mag- does that do? What? Um, I have no idea what that move is. Magnetic- I didn't know if it existed. <laughs> Oh, it's not electric ma- electromagnetism. Magnetic flux. That's a move? <laughs> yes, it is. I think I've never heard of that move before. What? Well, it's clearly bad, so... Uh, <laughs> uh, let's, let's use that as a hint. Magnetic flux. Wait, is this what I think it, it is? You know, I think I might have confused the effect of this room, of uh, this move, with uh, electromagnetism because electromagnetism floats the user above Maybe. the ground, uh, so it can't be affected by Earth attacks. I think magnetic flux might uh, float steel types so that they become immune to Earth type effects. Up to you. I've never heard of that. That I would think that, or it makes your allies slow instead of yourself. But that's me guessing, so don't listen to me. It makes your allies slow. No, no. Uh, float, float. Oh. Hmm. I'm well, I don't think answer. it would make sense for you to like magnetic flux a jigglypuff or something. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with uh, it makes uh, steel types float. That is unfortunately incorrect. So. Uh, the move Magnetic Flux, actually, raises the special defense and defense of an allied Pokemon with the plus or minus ability. <laughs> so take that for what you will, guys. Uh, I'll take it okay. after you, Subvillo. All no, right. Nobody is ever going to use that move ever. It's fine. All right. I wow. can't wait. To, to, just before, like, there's going to be a, uh, a guy that uses it in VGC successfully. And like top cuts are regional or something because he was using like magnetic flux with like a plusle or some nonsense. <laughs> nonsense. That's the key word there. Yeah, exactly. All right. So this next question is the one that has a bonus point associated with it. And because that question was kind of bull, uh, I will let you go ahead. So this, this question has three answers technically. So if you get the third answer, I will give you the point and you can still cash in the hint. Oh, sweet. All right. Yeah. So this one's from Hydra. All right, and he wants to know, like Lance, another Dragon-type master, Iris did not use a team of all Dragon-types when you battle her as champion of Unova. What other Pokemon on her team were not Dragon-types? No. There are three of them. You get a point for each. I never finished Black 2, White 2. Dushiro, have you done this? I finished the game. That was so long ago, so let me Okay, well, it's going to be a Gen 5. Yeah, I know she has Garchomp. Obviously, that's the dragon that she has. Um, Axorus. Uh, she has uh, uh, a uh, She has a dragon as well. That's two. Um, she has five Pokemon or six? I think she has six. Six, because she she's a champion. Well, if you use the anime as a reference, it probably has a bright, uh, or Delphox. Uh, so there are three possible answers here. Yeah, three. Po- she has three Pokemon on her team that are not dragon types. Okay, it's probably a reference to the anime, so I'd say Delphox is one of them. Right? I don't think so. 
No? Not a starter. I don't recall. No. Oh, boy. Maybe Buffalant or Valkyrie? Trying to think late game one. Yeah, yeah. Buffalant might be one. Uh, actually, that rings a bell. Um, I know Alder had something like that. God, he's questioned, man. Mm. Uh, Your audio is so bad, Jashiro. Oh, I'm sorry. It's fine. Uh, let's see. Mm. Durant? Uh, Heatmore? Uh, Electros, maybe? Electros sounds familiar. I'm going to need some answers here, guys. Uh, wait, wait, we, we need like three times this time. because I already gave that to you. So. <laughs> um, okay. So I'm thinking rare, you know, the Pokemon that they want to introduce at the end. So I'm, I'm going to put Electros as one of them. Okay. Uh, I'll take Electros. Uh, okay. So that's one. I need two more. Or you can just say Electros and try to go for one point. I don't care. Uh, no, 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 no. Sure, we'll say Buffalant. Okay, Electros, Buffalant. Okay. Um, Don't forget you guys still have the hint as well. You know what? I feel for some odd reason, Bear Tick. Bear I don't tick. know why. Okay. Wait, no, no, wait, no. The way the thatch just reacted makes me think it's not Bear Tick. So, uh, I mean, you uh, need to give me an answer right now or use the hint. <laughs> All right, let's just go with those answers. Unless you have something else you'd rather put to Shira. No, uh, that's pretty much it. Oh, yeah, wait, 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 wait. Let's use the hint. Let's okay. use the hint. Okay, so good. Thank God. Um, so you were wrong on all accounts. Um, so one of these Pokemon is from first generation. One of these Pokemon is from third generation. And one of them is from fifth generation. Um, two of them are rock types. One of them is an ice type. And um, they are all dual types. And one of them is a fossil. Oh, Bastodon? Or the other one, the Cran... Uh, I forgot the... Uh, um, ice type. I'm pretty sure that'd be Aurora. <laughs> because... Wait, no. That's 5th gen. Never mind. Uh, the Fossil, the Fossil. The Fossil has to be either Bastodon or the other one, the Cran... He said 1st gen, 3rd gen, and 5th gen. Right? Oh, or did you say 4th gen? gen? No, all odd generations. Up to that point. Yeah, so Bastodon is impossible. It's oh, fourth gen. Okay. What about the uh, Brontosaurus? That's uh, uh, that's ice. That's a fossil. I forgot its name. Uh, that's sixth gen. Oh. Yeah, I I can barely hear you. Let's see. Hmm. One is a fossil, so it could be Cradily. It could be Armaldo. It could Aerodactyl? be Kabutops or Amastar. So. Not Aerodactyl? It could be Aerodactyl. Yeah, Aerodactyl's one, of course. Yeah. Uh, that's the first gen. Third gen, we have... Okay, so that since there were no fossil-type Pokemon in... Wait, were there in fifth gen? I think uh, I they were. I don't remember, though. Oh, yeah, it was Archaeops and Tor- Tortuga. So we got... Um, we got... It, no, uh, Caracosta it might be, but we already chose Aerodactyl, so... That's not going to happen. Uh, the fifth gen. Do we have, think of dual ice types in third? Oh, the, might be uh, the female version of uh, of Glaze, Glalie. Um, Frostlass? 
Yeah. That's fourth gen. Oh. Uh, okay. Oh boy, I'm thinking Ice Dragon Nisk. I need sort of I need an things. answer. I need answers here, guys. Oh come on! We're I've given you another three minutes. I've given you another uh, three minutes. Wait a second. So I, the only dual ice type in Gen three was uh, Wall Rain, um, okay. and then uh, in fifth gen, what was the hint for fifth gen? There's another rock. It's another. Two of them are rock types. One of them's an ice type. One of them's a fossil. Okay. And wait, did you say du- dual ice type? Uh, they're all dual type Pokemon. Fossil, rock. Wait, one of them's a fossil. One what of them's Weevil? a rock type? What about Weevil? Two of them are rock types. So the fossil counts as one. I need I need an answer, guys. You guys got to give me an answer. Here are the answers in this order. Aerodactyl, Walrein, and uh, I guess Caracosta. All right. right. That is unfortunately incorrect on every account. Um, The answers are Lapras, Agron, and Archaeops. So unfortunate, guys. Unfortunate. So this next one, I think you guys can recover. I think you guys can recover. (laughs) We just lost four points in that one. I'm just going to throw out that the trivia questions uh, on the subline episode were way easy. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Tell them to give you easier questions. Uh, all right. Um, One Pokemon with the Levitate ability would actually resist ground if it, Levitate was not its ability. Which Pokemon is it? That's your next question. I see. It has to be flying as well, then. Well, resist, not immune. Oh, resist. What's, what's resistance to ground? Uh, grass. Uh, so what, grass has levitate? Mm, yeah, basically. No, no, Hoppip has flying. Grass type. I'm trying to think of other stuff that's uh, resistant to ground. I know there's a grass type with levitate. A character from the anime had one. I knew it. So there is one, so... It's, it's, it, it's either, it's not, it's, it's not the cotton, the cotton, even though that's what would make more sense, because cotton constantly in the air. Um, but that has flying, like Scrawn says. Right? No, Katani is the pre-evolution of Winsicott, though, right? Yeah, it was never flying type. Yeah, not in sorry, this universe. Sorry. No, no, <laughs> I confuse it with uh, Hoppit and its evolution line, which is also a cotton-based Pokemon. Come on, Scrawn, any, uh... <laughs> Uh, levitating grass. There has to be. In the anime, one of the characters had one. I'm, I'm thinking it's... Oh, what about the um, oh, the Brontosaurus? Tropius. Tropius, thank you. I'm forgetting all these Pokemon game, uh, names. It's incredible. If they're not being a DCG lately, they don't not recall. Oh, them. Bug also resists, I think. Right? Uh, I, I suppose. Yeah. But again, uh, we need to figure out who has levitate. So I'm gonna need an answer here. Honestly, I'm kind of in a fatalistic mood here. So what could it be? Absolutely barbaric. Uh... I I I'm drawing a blank. Sorry. Come on, you can do it. 
I need an answer. A person from the anime, a, one of the main characters in the anime, one of the five people you follow all the time, had one of these. Back in Gen 4, guys. Come on, I can't just hand it to you. James had one. James. It's Carnivine. Carnivine. Is that your final answer? Yeah. <laughs> it only took three minutes, but that's correct. The answer is Carnivine. <laughs> I, oh, right. I feel so pitied. And it's, okay, it's that's one point bad. for you guys this week. We're going to move on to question number four. The fourth I'm question. I'm so glad that you have decided to take pity on us. It's also, <laughs> it, is also from, it is also from Hydra. Uh, an older poison type Pokemon, one not introduced in Gen 7, got a signature move in Generation 7. Which poison type Pokemon was this? If you don't know this, Grunt, I'm going to hit you. A poison type Pokemon. It, it's also a dual type. It has a second type as well. Well, well this comment makes me think that it's Crobat. No, I don't know. <laughs> but I don't. Oh, okay. So it's a poison type Pokemon that got a new move in Gen Seven. And it's a signature move. It's the only Pokemon that got it. Okay. Gen Seven added a lot of random signature moves to Pokemon. It's really weird. That's fun. Not for me. It's not a but... C move though, right? Not a Z move. No, this is just oh. a regular move. Oh boy. Uh, okay. Uh, what's integral? I assume something with. Uh, Where are my Gen Three questions? Come on. You got to be uh, a master of everything, Pokemon, man. Yeah. So, Beedrill didn't get nothing. What else? This this move is a status move as well. Um, it is called... I'll even tell you the name of the move. It is called Toxic Thread. Toxic Thread. Yes. Tells me oh, be- so Ariados, I'd say. Is that your it final answer? Like, it sounds like Ariados, yeah. Yeah. That is correct. That is two points for you guys today. More Ari- pity points, Yeah. <laughs> All right, and so the final question for you guys today, as always, I like to ask you guys a base stat question, and you will only get a minute to answer this. Uh, I want to know what bug-type Pokemon has the highest base special attack. Bug-type Pokemon, highest base special attack. Including Megas? Including Uh, Megas. Oh, I know this. It's going to be Pheromosa. Uh, It could be Genesect? Genesect? Uh, Yeah. I guess it could be, but like Pheromosa's is like 150, so I don't know how you beat that. Special attack or isn't she attack? It's both. Oh. It's nasty. Then, yeah, go ahead. It's like 30 defenses. Um, Is that your final answer? What do you know about Genesect, though, Jushi? What was that? What do you know about Genesect? Like, what makes you think that? Um... Just because he's he the he's a, a bug mystic uh, mystical one uh, legendary bug that uh, that has a laser cannon on its back. <laughs> okay, that's a pretty good line of thought, but uh, I I I'm still leaning towards uh, Faramosa, so okay. that is my answer. Is that your final okay. answer? Yes, that is correct. Yeah. That is the correct answer. Faramosa has the highest base special attack. I think it's a little lower than one. The fifty, though, unfortunately, it's like one like thirty-seven or something weird, because 
all of the Ultra Beast have uh, or prime numbers as their base stats. Fun fact. That's so weird and like, disconcerting. The only one that doesn't have a prime number as a base stat is Naganadel because it has, I think, 73 or 71 as one of its base stats. Mm-hmm. And that is unfortunately not a prime number. So, but there you guys go. You guys got three points today. So good for you. You got <laughs> you got three points today. That's the average that I always shoot for. And our pride is down in the in the gutter. So that changes up these standings. This right now, Scrond, you are in first place with eighteen points. Uh, not for long. Followed up with by Sublime with seventeen points. Jushiro, you are now in third place with seven points. Followed wow. up with a four-way tie <laughs> for fourth place with six points of Bow, Basket, Shamu, and Snag. In eighth place, you have Viger and Whimsicott tied for with five points. Maximus is in tenth with two points, and Gator is bringing up the rear with one. So that is going to be it for Puckles Pokey Quiz this week, guys. Tune in next week to see if the host can do any better. So that is that is going to be it. We're going to kick it on over to the topic. Hey, Puckalonians, it's Sublime Manic. Can't get enough of your favorite flip-flopping podcast? Then check out our social media. You can find links to our Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, and YouTube all from our website, pucklepodcast.com. And you can join our Discord to hang out with your favorite hosts and other Puckalonians. Also, check us out at twitch.tv slash thepucklepodcast. And if you have an Amazon Prime account, consider subscribing to our Twitch channel. You can also check us out at YouTube at YouTube slash Puckle Podcast. And we also have a Patreon if you're able to give anything at Patreon.com slash Puckle Podcast. And welcome to the topic. The topic is today going to be about favorite parts of every region. And then we're going to try to shove those parts together to create the best region ever. But we probably will fail. So <laughs> let's let's get right into it, though. So. Let's start with before Kanto. we do. Oh, go ahead. Go before, ahead. Then. Before we do, let, let's establish one rule because it's the most obvious rule. And and let's just throw it out because it's what everyone wants since it's been shown. And that's no extra region, like no surprise. Oh, you can go back to this region again. Like I agree. You have you, you did in version uh, in gold and silver. So let's take that out of the out of the picture and just focus on the regions itself. Do you know how well that would go over if they just did that once? Yeah. By the way, like if they just went to the next game and it was just like, oh, by the way, you can go back to any region we've done prior. Like literally just yeah. pick one. That would go over so well. Mm-hmm. The fan base would be all over that. That game would do, I really do thought, so well. I really thought they would do it after Gen 6 for Gen 7 because I'm like, well, you already have Kanto. I'm sorry, uh, Ket Kalos. Uh, In that uh, engine, right? You already have these. Yeah, you already have those, uh, um, how you call it, um, assets, so why not reuse them? You know, alter them to the art style of Gen 7 a bit, make people taller, and just reuse it, and they didn't. It's like, I have no idea what's what's going on there. Right? Oh, man, they, they that was a missed opportunity. They definitely could have done something there. But let's get into it. Let's get into Kanto, and let's talk about Kanto. So what were some of your favorite parts from Kanto? Hmm. Well, uh, my favorite part about Kanto is uh, the the way that the map is structured in such a way where you you kind of like jump around the map and like you see the city is here, but you can't exactly get to the city right now. So you got to go under the city. I'm talking about Saffron or like you yes. have to go through this cave that pops you out over 
to Lavender Town or something like that, or you have to take this bridge to get kind of like a shortcut back to where you were before, but that's a Snorlax. And then it, I thought that was really they did they did well a really done. good job with like how they placed the blockades more so than they did in previous, even in Jurens after that, they were really bad at it. I, the most notable example I think is just like the guys that are dancing in the middle, in like the middle of your way in gen five. <laughs> we're oh, dancing yeah. here. Find another way around. Yeah. yeah. I, but they did a much better job, like making it feel like part of the universe in gen one in Kanto, right? You have Snorlax blacking the path or just really thirsty guards. Yeah. Uh, Gen 7 and then Gen 3, when you had the collectors that are saying, I'm looking for items right here. Could you not walk? <laughs> yeah. It's just like, it seems, it sounds like, honestly, it feels like Funko Con when you guys were trying to play Warhammer on top of our tables. But, uh, <laughs> uh, um, so in terms of uh, Gen 1, it, I would be remiss to not say Safari Zone. Ooh. Right? Safari Zone was a lot of fun, but frustrating too when you try to catch that chancy that just wouldn't stay in the ball. So, um, so I would like to uh, one up that. I would like to one up that just a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. And I'd like to go to Gen Four Johto. Um, okay. This is a good segue. You would go back to Gen Four, yeah. Yeah, it, yes. Um, this go. This just like goes to like it, it'll shuffle us into Johto. But I, what I really liked about um, Heart Gold and Soul Silver was they did a lot of things right. We can all agree on that. But. What they did better, what they I think they've done better than any other game is the Safari Zone, in that it was a very time based thing. In that you can, you got several panels and you could tell them which panels you wanted in your Safari Zone, mm-hmm. and you can unlock different things in each of those panels after X Wait amount a of days. You liked that? Yeah, I thought that was one of the worst parts about it. Well, it's okay. It, it You're takes, allowed to be wrong. It, it didn't make sense thematically. Like, how on earth are you taking segments of land, picking them up, and then replacing them? Well, that's that that it can be a segue into Hoenn for us, but like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was really bad. That was really bad, but it's fine. Um, but I thought it was fun. I, re- I don't care about it thematically. I, I, I enjoyed it as well. And then, uh, uh, apart from Safari Zone, what I liked about Johto and, uh, no, sorry, Kanto. Uh, and it was a tiny thing that might have been tried to replicate uh, in other regions, but not to the same effect, for, at least not for me. Uh, it was the Cinnabar Island. When you get there, there's this building, and it's essentially nothing there except backstory uh, of Mew and Mewtwo. Um, that was still nice, though. This, no, that's what I'm saying. It was nice uh, that I enjoyed that because it added this essence of mystery to both Pokemon. That and, hmm. and 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 it's a completely optional thing too. Uh, in a way, you don't have to read any of that. Um, but it was just there, and I just I just found that mystery very cool. So those are the two things from Kanto that I would really enjoy if they could implement a new uh, Safari Zone and and just give us backstory on those legendaries and make it mysterious. So and awesome. so fun fact, they do do that. Um, <laughs> It's just not nearly as fun. I, I, so I, I would say I would say that I would say the Cinnabar Mansion is a really good idea for like how to show things like that for the exposition. But like in Gen Four, you can do that. You can go look into the lore and everything of all the legendaries and in Diamond and Pearl. However, it's in a library. You literally go to a library in the game. What's the last thing you want to do in a video game? Go to the library. Go to the library. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it just there wasn't the same impactfulness. You have this yeah. rickety old building that is all burned up, and you're discovering what happened here. 
And it's not even part of the main story. It's an optional thing. I think that was great. Okay. So what I've learned is we need, we need so far in, in our super ultra mega chocolatey um, super region, we need, uh, we need to jump around the map and <laughs> we need to, uh, we need to have a safari zone and we need to have um, a good safari zone where you don't replace the chunks of the map. I, I don't agree with you, but we can, we'll just say safari zone. Um, <laughs> and Oh my God. Oh. And we'll just say safari zone. Cause it could be your safari zone. It needs a safari zone. Yes. I, we can, we can agree on that. Sure. Um, so, and then, and then we need a Cinnabar mansion of some sort, some kind of legendary exposition that's in the story and it forces you to explore to find it. Sure. So and this like, Safari Zone, it has to uh, have Pokemon that aren't in the main game, you know? Okay, I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah, okay. it can't be like, you, you don't want to be finding Pidgey in there, right? No, um, yeah. you have to have one Pokemon that you can, from that re, uh, generation that you can only get there, though. Yeah, we, we agree with that. All right, so let's go to Johto. I think we, I think we kind of like jumped on like the Harkold's Silver Bus when I was talking about the Safari Zone. But Johto, Johto does the same thing though, where you have to like backtrack on the map. Backtrack on the map. So I think that's fair. Um, and then you have the second region. I don't know that Johto actually has that much going for it on its own. That wasn't already done it before. Does in, it does in terms of its culture. So of. Uh, Kanto and Johto, Johto was much more Japanese, and it, it you really did feel with the kimono girls and the, all of these buildings that are uh, uh, in the style, Japanese style architect. I really enjoyed that, because in Kanto, they were just pixelated buildings. They really, they, it really didn't mm-hmm. have a style. It was just a, a video game town, where Johto itself was a lot more cultured, cultured, and you can feel, see different architects that you wouldn't, that uh, you couldn't tell in different uh, in the other region. So I would like it to, if it's going to be a, a certain place in the world, to really emphasize, and I think they've been doing this really good since, emphasize the architecture and the culture and the overall theme of that place, and and make it feel more alive. And that's why I enjoy Johto a lot. So culture, that's that's what we're sure. taking away. Okay. I, I agree with the the architecture. Okay, okay. So we say we're yeah. just we're just remaking Johto, but more fun. Um, so yeah. so obviously we're we're already building on success. It's fine. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> I don't. I, I didn't really like a lot of stuff in Johto because uh, there weren't a whole lot of. I, I didn't feel like there were a lot of secret areas in it. Mm-hmm. Like the secret area was basically the post game Kanto. They took out a lot of the hidden stuff in the in the original main. I mean, let us not right forget unknown caverns, the ruins uh, of Alf. I want to call yeah, the ruins of Alf like that. They're pretty uh, unremarkable. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't and agree the, with that. I think I think honestly that. they handled the unknown way better in. I, I hate to say it, Gen Four and Sinnoh, but we're we're not there yet. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. We're not there yet. Uh, so the next one is uh, Hoenn. So I'd say let's not put um, all of the water in the world in the game. You know, I can agree with that, but uh, we need the Hoenn Battle Frontier in our ideal Oh, there region. we go. Yeah, we're just moving that there whole thing. Go. Just copy-paste. Just yeah. Control-C, yeah. control Control-V. We're done. Okay. Um, another thing I... No, 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 no. Uh, with Hoenn, one of the best things about it were, I think, the capture rates. Because uh, Hoenn was the last generation where they really had... Uh, the one percent 
Thank not true. Too. Not true. <laughs> I I would like to argue Gen Seven before Ultra Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon had those one percent capture rates as well. That's true, but like that's so recent, and I think that Hoenn did it better. How so? Like, uh, what it, was a one percent catch rate? Like, or one percent? Oh, uh, I guess it's not so encounter. It's encounter rates we're talking about, not catch rates. But yeah, uh, it's uh, Skitty, Grimer, mm-hmm. Molby. I'm talking about Emerald version. Uh, yeah, uh, Chimeco, and there are more too. Like, I could name them off if I remembered. <laughs> That's four, right. four right there, and they're not necessarily great Pokemon, but like these yeah, are but, Pokemon that like if, you want catch yeah if you're a completionist exactly yeah so we need 100 yeah. percent capture rates that's what that's the main takeaway okay so that was my or question encounter rates. Do, if, if if we're gonna do mechanics as well not just like locations and stuff in the game um then i would totally go for in going a little right back, back to jojo for one second the mm-hmm. day and night cycle yes um, absolutely that's a must-have that. yeah it's a must-have and then going back into hoenn uh we need that uh climate uh weather Ah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think they've done a pretty good me- job doing that all the time now. Yeah, no, that they're being really great. Uh, so those two mechanics really should uh, stick there, and uh, we should keep seeing those. Because it was really sad when they, uh, yeah, they added weather, but they took out day and night when first, uh, when uh, <laughs> when Hoenn first released, when uh, yeah. Ruby Sapphire. And it was like, why did you take away day and night? That was like the one of the best things from Johto, was the fact that, you couldn't get more excited for it to be night or day because oh, I have to catch this hoot hoot and it's still three o'clock. So, uh, so I would, I would argue the reason they removed that is because they were having issues with okay. the internal batteries running dry in mm. the, uh, in the Game Boy Color games or in gold, silver and crystal. It's a very well-known problem that the internal batteries die and yeah. then you lose your save data. And I think they wanted to avoid that. Granted, yeah. there is still a clock in those games. Um, in Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald, there's a clock because that's how you yeah. monitor their Shoal Cave. And mm-hmm. on top of that, it'll Shoal actually, Cave and Berry Growth. And it'll also work with your um, with your Eevee, fun fact. Uh, oh. it, it, it'll, it will evolve Eevee in Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald. Okay. Uh, you can only evolve em- uh, Eevee in Emerald, actually. It, no, it's in Ruby and Sapphire. You can do it in Ruby and Sapphire. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty okay. sure. I we can we can look this up. I, can, day, I, I will sure. aggressively Google this for you. Yeah, go go uh, ahead while we move on. We'll move on to Sinnoh. Uh, so, ooh, Sinnoh, can I start? Yeah, go ahead. You can start. Give me the underground. Oh man, we're making like an awesome game right now. It's, not, <laughs> it's like I thought we were gonna make a Frankenstein. Um, but we've got Battlefront, like our good Battlefront tier and yep. the Underground. And, and this is not even throwing in the, oh, give us a, another region at the end. No, this is like just this region. Yeah, we've been, we're making a pretty solid game here right now. Like we got, <laughs> we've got like Jodo culture. Um, we're, yeah. we're jumping around the map. We're, um, we have a Safari zone, which is fantastic. And we're yeah. in Gen 4 now. Yeah, we're in Gen 4. And so like in Sinnoh, so I want to talk about that, um, the unknown for a second though, because we were talking about that for a little bit. There, it was really nice because actually, um, depending on how many unknown you caught in that cave, um, because there's a cave that you can catch unknown in, you could actually use that to help you progress further into another cave, like based on how many of the 28 you had caught. Yeah. It would progress you further. In this other and cave, yeah, and I forget yeah, what you got at the a end. Certain amount to get hippopotas. Yeah, it's hippopotas. Yeah. yeah, it was really cool. I really liked it. 
That was probably one of my favorite, like all time favorite um, segments yeah. of that game. Collecting. Yeah, and the the un- the underground was great. Just running around, uh, uh, going after fossils, uh, excavating the fossils, um, doing your base things. You have your own secret base, yeah, uh, underground, and then playing with ba- uh, uh, flags, capture the flags and stuff like that. In general, the underground system in, in Gen Four was just amazing. And the good thing about it is that you really don't require much. Just make a system of caverns. They don't even have to be uh, uh, artistically that much different. It's no. just the cave. You know no, what's um, even, what would be even cooler is if you could use it as like a place to meet your friends online too. Yep. Mm. All right, you guys are missing a very very important aspect of Gen Four. Oh, that which one? Uh, because in later games, this is something they kind of redid from you know the Gen Two and the Four games. They just kind of remake that. And I, I'm talking about music because in Gen Four, all mm. the music was very unique and it was very refreshing and it very much fit the quaint atmosphere of Sinnoh. I would I would argue the same for Kalos. I really like the music in Kalos. I I don't think it was I don't think it was very much the region of Kalos. I think it was a very good um, because that was the Gen Six. They like were doing a celebration of the series for whatever reason. It wasn't their twentieth anniversary, but it it just felt like it was very Pokemon music. Though I would, and if you go to Gen Seven, it's very much regional music. Like it, it's Hawaiian, it's Hawaiian inspired music. Yeah. Uh, and in Kalos, it's not like French inspired music, except for like the occasional like, oh, I'm in a cafe. Uh, it, it's very much Pokemon music. Uh, I, I've actually had this discussion with my wife before because we were listening to it in the car or something, and uh, we brought that up. But uh, yeah, so that's Gen Four. Gen Five. I honestly think there's a lot of things in here that we can say not to do personally. Uh, <laughs> like what? Well, first of all, is we were talking about jumping around the region, right? And like decent like region design on the map, right? I think I think Gen Five had the worst region design. Gen Five region design is garbage. I'm not. It's gonna so bad. They just they're her. just like, oh, let's just make it a circle. Yeah. And out it of was, all the that was so bad. Gens, other than Gen Three, I still think that Gen Five is the best though, because of uh, other than Gen Three. Yeah. Why? I. The Pokemon. <laughs> Uh, okay, no. so I would I wouldn't say I know that. I'm hitting a very soft spot, but it was so refreshing to go into this game and not have to like run into Zubats and you know <laughs> I agree with you there. I think that was also the ultimate downfall of that game, but in Unova's defense, right? Uh and this calls back a little bit to Johto. What what I said about Johto. You know what I in Johto a lot. Obviously, the whole circle thing is because it was supposed to be, you, you know, York. So you have Manhattan in the center and then the rest of New York are around. That's why it's kind of circular. Um, I, what I did enjoy about, you know, about was how more present day it felt. You had huge buildings, skyscrapers. You had cars. You had, it was a real change of atmosphere. I would versus- say that's just moving away from the Japanese culture, though. But it gave me great locations for legendaries. I love, I enjoyed going to Vic, uh, Victory Island to get Victini. I enjoyed going to the forest. Uh, I forgot the Illusion Forest, sure. where you could uh, capture the Soror. Um, mm-hmm. Even though he's not a legendary. But my point is, I did enjoy the fact that it had, uh, and I believe for the first time ever, it had certain locations where it was based on the Pokemon that they were in. You, why would you need a Victory Island if not for Victini? Why would you name uh, Illusion Forest or whatever it was? That's uh, untrue. Gen 4. Let's go back to Gen 4. 
Darkrai. Okay. You had to go to like Moon Island for that. Oh, that is true. Um, uh, yeah, and then for Shaman, you had to go to some garden for it. And then that technically Arceus was on top of the mountain and you needed the Azure Flute to get to it. Wait a minute, Thatch. That's untrue. Let's go back to Gen 3. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not. It's in Gen 3 too because you have we – can go, we can go back to uh, the, Mew, the Mew event, right? <laughs> and the Eon ticket. I just wanted to call you out. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Yeah, and even then, if you islands. were in Japan in Gen 2, you could go to go get <laughs> Celebi, right? Uh, that's the whole the that's, that's the whole like draw of crystal version. So Gen 6, let's go let's let's go let's speed through the last two of these. Uh so Gen 6, we had Kalos. I don't know. Really that, no Poke Olympics? Uh, pff, no Poke Olympics. Uh <laughs> so in Gen 6, I think my favorite part of that region and just like the game design and pacing was honestly one there were a ton of pokemon and two the gap between the first and the second badge was just so large Mm -hmm. and i really i really really enjoyed that yeah because i was just going around catching a ton of pokemon and just having a really good time and then i got to my second badge right and i thought that was a really good way to like introduce you to the region yeah and i and to to a lot all the new pokemon they put in wait 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 wait. we skipped five way too fast what else is in five there's one other thing Gen I would like to Gen 5 is five. great. I like the, oh, the evil team in 5 because Thank it had you. that. Uh, yes. Okay, okay. Yeah. So Team Plasma, some some kind of like team that you can get behind. That's what we need. Yeah, well, the whole PETA message they have put you really uh, real on uh, early in the game. Put you in a position <laughs> where you're like, oh, these guys are the evil guys, but um, they're kind of have a point here. The, yeah, you know. it's true. Well, no, no, it was it was such a problem actually for like the story writers because they're just like, man, we got to make sure people know that these are like the bad guys, right? Yeah. So that's why we have that whole scene with the Muna, right? Where they're like essentially they're just beating the crap out of this Muna. Yeah, and th- that the only reason that is in there is because they're just like, okay, we need to establish these guys as the bad guys. Yeah, um, and of course at the end of the game, spoilers for those who haven't played from ten. Sorry, you haven't played uh, this seven-year-old game. <laughs> it, it, you know, it's up that gets his is behind everything just because of his of every single team leader's ambition of power. But it was nice that you actually had a team that actually had a purpose. It, it you know behind, even though it was you know fake, mm-hmm. it was still something they would put out saying, "No, we are fighting for this. We are the good guys. You're the bad guys." Yeah. You know, that's all wonderful, Jashiro. But I was mainly talking about how cool In is <laughs> <laughs> as well, and. <laughs> Go go talk to Fluffiest about this. I'm not. I'm not. I'm done. All right. All right. So uh, let's let's move on then to uh, where we Kalos. Back to Kalos. Back to Kalos. I like I said. I think just that spacing, just like the pacing, um, just to kind of go back to like bouncing around the region. I think just being able to be like, oh hey, between the first and second badge, there's a really long time to like have me go explore the region. See, but here's something I don't enjoy about Kalos. Okay. Don't don't give me a power plant if I can't get in and do something there. Right. Don't don't give me these amazing locations and then suddenly you notice it's just all makeup. It's it's not really mm-hmm. there. And that was a mishap. I saw those huge domes in the death. No, you I'm do like, go oh. you do go into the power plant. It's just there's like an extra door that's around in the game that you can't go yeah. into. Yeah, and it's like, come on, no, give us a full fledged power plant here. It's been like Six generations, no? When was the last time we saw a power plant? 
Gen one. Yeah. No, Gen, I don't remember, Gen three. I don't. Re- Gen three though had a power plant too. Yeah, New Mallville City. Oh, okay, there we go. I've yeah. been three gens since we saw a power plant, so it would have been a nice little. Touch. In Gen four, you got to go to an ironworks facility instead. Yeah. Fuego Ironworks. Yep. Fuego Ironworks. What a, what an inventive name there. It <laughs> totally Fuego, my broskies. Yeah. All right. So finally, we come to we come to the more most recent Alola. So I think I think it goes without saying. If we build a region, the one thing we need to take from this is we need to name the customary greeting of our of our region the same as our region. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. That's yep. so stupid. Hoen. <laughs> Hoen. <laughs> it has to be that aggressive too. By the way, like Hoen has to yes. be like. Yes. Um, it's literally the equivalent of me walking up to you guys and being like Ohio. But again, uh, we established it actually sounds you nice. See, that's actually a greeting in Japanese. In Japanese, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> yo, hey, you, Yoto. Hey, Yoto, right back to you. <laughs> there we go. Perfect. Uh, there we go. We've done it. No, wait, wait. There's other things to discuss in uh, uh, Gen 7 real quick. Um. Well, I can tell you, I don't want any more of these Pokemon helping each other. What is that about? What? What? It, it went, the call SOS battles. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, we got to keep SOS battles. Nah. Such an essential <laughs> gameplay mechanic. <laughs> How am I going to get perfect IV Pokemon without my SOS battles? I like that every gen they try to come up with a new way to do that. And it's just like, stop it. Everybody <laughs> like the PokeNav. Just stop. stop. Okay, so in Gen 7, let's keep the HM uh, providers. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, no more HMs, right? Uh, definitely we need that in the game. Um, and I've always enjoyed And the problem is that there's been a big version, uh, every, uh, a huge amount of versions of its own haunted haunted place in every Pokemon gen. So I, I'm fussy. You guys can help me remember which one. Which one was the haunted mansion? That would have uh, been Gen Chateau. Four. Yeah, the gen old chateau. Was the, where you the old chateau where you enter and there's this little girl that appears out of nowhere. And yep. There's no explanation and stuff like that. That was an amazing haunted house. I want a haunted house mansion just like that one in my region. Oh, we have to. We have to. So so we've just built a master region right now. Um you have to jump around. We have Johto culture. Um, we've got um, we've got we've got a lot of legendary exposition in in like area optional areas though that are fun to explore at least. And we've got uh, what do we take from Hoenn? Nothing because it's Hoenn. Um, and <laughs> oh, we, oh, we've got oh, a I've safari got zone. Okay, Gen four the people who you can uh, have be your followers in specific mm. areas. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those those were fun. I like those. Ooh. And do we want to be a seeker? Yes, that's in every game now. It's like a given Is at it? this point. Yeah, did you like can a... battle trainers again? Yeah, I'm thinking. So. I think he's talking about like the fire red leaf green. I mean, if we want to go back to that version, that's fine. Like the, when they call you on the phone, it's like, "Hey, how are you? Come and let's fight." They do that a lot all over the place. Oh know. God, no. No, you know what Joey no, calling no, no. you say like, "Hey, bro." My I, that's the one me. reason I'm glad my emerald uh, internal battery died. <laughs> so I don't have to deal with those calls anymore. All right, so <laughs> we've got we've got that we've got uh, we've got the safari zone. We we've got 
Um, uh, more. What do we take from Sinnoh? I don't even know. We took the day night. Oh, cycle. the music. The, and the music. music. We've got. We're, we're gonna make this. A, we're gonna make this a DS soundtrack. Um, I loved. Okay, I love the depressing atmosphere of Sinnoh, and I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I end it there. That's where you're gonna end. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I, yeah, I think. I mean, this is a good region. We've got everything. You know, we've got. We've got a. We've got a villain team that matters. Yep. And. We've got uh, we've got long adventures that allow. We could probably combine that with the exposition, honestly. Oh, and give me the the gym leaders from Gen Five too, please. Uh, gym leaders that actually do their job. Yeah, yes. and are actually interesting characters. Yeah, that's fair. Like who's Ramos? Who's Ramos? So I found so fun fact. I'm gonna, end, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna end I'm gonna end the topic segment here, but. Uh, so for Christmas, my wife bought me the Gen Six badges because those were the only badges that I didn't have. Yeah. And I thought about it today because I was cleaning up my office and I found them and I was I was thinking about what to do with them. And I thought about like putting them all on my putting them all on like my bag again and then coming up to you guys and being like, yeah, so I remember getting this one, this one and this one. And then pointing at the grass type badge from Gen 6 and being like, but I don't remember who I fought for this one. And <laughs> neither does he. Because <laughs> he's an old man. Yeah. All right. Term. All right, so we'll we'll end the topic there, guys, and we're going to kick it on over to the poke of the episode right after this commercial break, so we will catch you on the flip-flop. Tonight on Audino MD. Please, Dr. Audino, this poor abandoned orphan kiddo is so sick, and berries are doing nothing. Please, can you find out what's wrong with him? I'm sorry, but I cannot do heal pulse until I get my PP off. Will Dr. Audino MD be able to save the poor orphan skidoo? Find out tonight at 7 p.m. on Audino MD. Poke of the episode. And welcome to the Pokemon of the episode. The Pokemon of the episode this week is National Dex number 143, Aerodactyl, the fossil Pokemon. Aerodactyl is a ferocious prehistoric Pokemon that goes for the enemy's throat with its serrated saw-like fangs. So basically, my mom. (laughs) (laughs) That that part's in the Pokedex entry. Um, (laughs) So Aerodactyl, turns out, isn't a terrible Pokemon. So regular Aerodactyl is in RU, and Mega Aerodactyl is in UU. So part of the reason, I'm not going to lie that we brought this up, is because in the Discord server, a lot of people were complaining about Mega Aerodactyl being too good of a Mega to be putting it in uh, S3 in the tiers. And I wanted wanted to go into it and kind of explain to people how easily it can be countered and some of the downsides of Mega Aerodactyl. Though it is a really good Pokemon, I will say that. So regular Aerodactyl has a base speed of 130. That puts it on par with Pokemon like Crobat and Gengar. So that's not that's not like a speed to sneeze at. However, his base defenses are absolutely abysmal. Uh, they, they are just absolutely awful. So if we look at his base defenses in his base form, it's 65 and 75 uh, for defense and special defense, respectively. When he goes Mega, it's a base 85 to a base 95. So it's not that much better. He gets plus 20 to both. Not great. The one thing he does have going for him is his base speed goes up to 150, which is incredibly fast, and his base attack goes up to 135 from 105. So it's like a minor upgrade from Aerodactyl. So I wonder like, why I went extinct, am I right? Hey, 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 hey. hey. 
but everybody everybody's just so, so so it has this awesome attack set and this awesome speed so what's what's wrong with it right well the problem is his move pool um aerodactyl has no good flying stab his best flying stab move is aerial ace ouch yeah I so i thought you were gonna that. say acrobatics no, I wish it was – well, if it was acrobatics, you shouldn't be running Mega Aerodactyl, right? Um, yeah. But base 60, base 60 flying type move, you don't have good stab there. His other stab is rock type, right? And if we look at the best rock type move, that's Stone Edge, and I believe that's base 100, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and he also gets that as a, as, a, um, as a TM, but it's base 100, but it's got 80% accuracy, right? So he doesn't have like a reliable hit. And on top of that, if you're going to run any other moves with him for coverage, he does have decent coverage, uh, by the way. You can look at Ice Fang, Fire Fang, and Thunder Fang. He gets all three of those. But those are, again, 95% accurate. So those will sometimes miss. And on top of that, they're still like 65% or 65 base power, which isn't fantastic. Okay. So I think your two big moves that you'd be scared of Aerodactyl using are one Stone Edge and two Earthquake. So let's talk about how to beat that, right? So if we're going to go ahead and try to beat that, the answer is you bring a bulky steel type. You have Bronzong. You have um, you have Bastiodon would probably work outside of Earthquake, right? Um, it'll it'll uh-huh. take your Stone Edge pretty well. Hippowdon is actually a der- really good option to or wall you, it. You bring something with like Aqua Jet or Ice Shard. Yeah, a- Aqua Jet, Bullet Punch. All of these things are just going to hit it hard and it's going to die, right? Priorities, yeah. priority is a huge thing that it can take it down. You can bring a bulky mon that can take it down, especially if it's a steel type and it's got gyro ball. Looking at you, Ferrothorn. Looking at you, Bronzong. Right. <laughs> um, and so these are these are all. There, there's a lot of options to take it down, and it doesn't get a lot of offensive pressure, if that makes sense. Like it's good, but you just it's easy to get around. So yeah. I, I think that's something to just bring up. But if you do want to run a Mega Aerodactyl, despite its flaws. Um, you can definitely do so well. So regular Aerodactyl, you can run with a Life Orb. You run that Stone Edge at Earthquake because those are really good moves. Um, and then you could put Ice Fang on it for coverage in terms of UU, just because UU, you still have a few, dra- or RU, you still have a few of those dragons running around, most notably Flygon. And that'll hit Flygon pretty hard. And Pursuit's always a great option as well, because you can definitely go ahead and just kind of Pursuit, take somebody out. And you get away, I, I would once again say, probably a Jolly Nature, 252 Attack, 252 Speed. Now, if you want to run a Mega Aerodactyl, you can go ahead and run that same spread. Jolly Nature, 252, 252, Attack and Speed. Um, Stone Edge, again, necessary move. Um, Aerial Ace is your flying stab. And flying is surprisingly a good type in Pokemon right now. So I definitely suggest doing that. And on top of that, Ice and Fire Fang, just for coverage. Um, Earthquake isn't as needed in UU. Um, I don't think there are too many other outside of like Drapion and Croagunk, but even then Croagunk resists it to some extent. Well, no, he doesn't, but um, you could definitely take care of Croagunk with like a stone with an aerial ace over an Earthquake. So uh, that's that's Aerodactyl, though. I think it was actually used really well in VGC 17, actually. I'd have to look into that, but I think it was actually used to some to some extent. Maybe we'll see it in VGC 18. It, the season just started, so. Maybe. Yeah. Um, Jushiro, you know of a card, right? And it wasn't very good. Yeah, there's just one card for Aerodactyl, and that's uh, in standard right now, I mean. Uh, what, uh, what's that's from Fates from? Collide. Oh my Fates gosh, Collide. so it's like barely in rotation. Yeah, barely in rotation, and it, it doesn't even have an Pokemon ability. It's a fossil, so you guys know. Friends, that's even worse. Okay, so that's even worse. 
Like, oh my oh, gosh. So it's not even worth it. Yeah. That's so bad. Though we just got that new fossil card that can be any fossil, right? Yay. Yeah. Okay. Let's not even talk about that. Um, I really liked Aerodactyl in uh, the Pokemon Ranger game, the original, mm-hmm. because it would sort of be, they were flying over the ruins and then like if you went underneath their shadow, they would like dive at you and they're actually really fast and hard to catch. Oh, that's interesting. Um, so I've actually found out how it was used in VGC 17. It was used literally for Skydrop because it was a fast Skydrop user. That's why it was used. Fun fact. Ooh. Cool. So if you're in VGC, the reason you would do this is so you can like you pick instead of flinching a Pokemon like you would with Fake Out, you can use Skydrop, pick them up, and then use Trick Room with your other po- with the other Pokemon. And then you can do a little bit more damage, but you also immobilize a Pokemon for a turn. It's it's a nice nifty little uh, thing you can do with it. Okay, just just something to keep in mind. That's all. Um, it's it's a it's a strategy. Uh, I when I was playing Matthew Tid last week, he tried to do that uh, with a with instead of a uh, Aerodactyl, he tried to use it with a Naganadel. That's just because if you're going to try to use Aerodactyl the same way, it's not going to work out as well. Though notably, Aerodactyl does get Wide Guard. Notable. Keep that in mind. Indeed. Keep that in mind, because wide guards are super useful in VGC. Super useful. But, I mean, I guess that's it for Aerodactyl. Aerodactyl is just not, like, a great Pokemon, but it's a Pokemon. It's a yeah. Pokemon. It's something. It, it really enjoys having uh, partners for, um, it enjoys partners that can set up hazards and singles, because of, again, all of its low base power moves. So, it, it definitely enjoys that. It also enjoys um, having a couple other, a couple other uh, things around. It also has Aqua Tail. Keep that in mind. It's Ooh. really weird. I don't know why it has it, but it has Aqua Tail again. Another move with uh, not one hundred percent accuracy for Aerodactyl, <laughs> because God forbid Aerodactyl gets a win here, guys. Yeah. God forbid <laughs> he he get, he doesn't get a win. It's Aerodactyl. No. Well, he got extinct, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, for a good reason, apparently. <laughs> so uh so that's yeah. gonna be it for the pokemon of the episode guys we're gonna switch it on over and switch gears to the mailbag so let's go let's go on over and open up some mail it's mail time it's time for the mailbag send in your emails Check your inbox. It's time for the mailbag. Mail! And on to the mailbag. As always, the mailbag is brought to you by the energy drink, Green Tauros. The energy drink that gives you hooves. Hooves. Yeah. On time. (laughs) There we go. All right, so as always, we'll give out the Green Taurus badge of 2018 to anybody we deem worthy. It's a Discord roll, and it makes you look cooler than everyone else in that lime green. So (laughs) I made sure to make it as obnoxious of a lime green as possible. It's actually beautiful. I I am really happy with it, honestly, because, like, I know who we've given it to now. It's such a great way for me to check if somebody already has it. So... All right, so none of the people we're going to read today have it, so that's good. And so, as always, this is based on how much discussion you guys can start amongst us. It's kind of that competition. Whoever does the most pretty much gets it. Um, That way we get good emails. 
All right, but we'll kick things off with Viking. So, Scrawn, you want to you wanna go ahead and read this? Yes. Uh, hello, friends. I've been out of the loop for the past few months because of work, school, and life in general. I recently underwent a second round of surgery and have been using the time off to catch up on the podcast and Pokemon. This week, I finished Coliseum and purified all the shadow Pokemon. I plan on grinding out Mount Battle for Ho-Oh and starting XD, not necessarily in that order, next week. Wait, is that how you get Ho-Oh and Coliseum? Yeah. Yeah, what you do is you you actually have to so you can't do it in the game like in the RPG you don't climb Mount Battle but there's a way to do it outside of the RPG that you have to grind up Mount Battle and if you beat that then you get ho just like in your box in Coliseum. Oh. Yeah. I yeah. thought that you got ho in Coliseum from doing some janky thing with the time flute with my my Roar B and catching all the shadow pokemon. Nope. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, you learned something new. Yeah. Oh, also about that earlier thing with uh, Ruby and Sapphire, Espeon, Umbreon, you were right. Okay, cool. You can, can get those in the Ruby and Sapphire. I thought so. I thought so. Yeah. But I could always be wrong. <laughs> Not that anyone would play Ruby and Sapphire for literally uh, Lunatone and Zangoose. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's uh, move on. All right. Um I plan on granted, uh, being the first time playing through Coliseum, I feel that I can appreciate the game better now than I would have in my early teams, like a lot of people. I fell out of touch with the series during Gen 3 and came back in Gen 4. Do any of you have a similar experience replaying the older games? Uh, okay. To uh, tie this, no. what do you think? <laughs> now, I love Gen 3 and Gen 4, so I, I'm kind of weird. I also Actually, never stopped playing. I never stopped playing either, but I did find myself pretty uh disappointed with gen 3 and almost quit but gen 4 actually just solidified my fandom so yeah i would agree with that i i have a very similar experience to jishiro okay one second to tie this in with the mailbag i could see double battles becoming the main battle format for the series with doubles being the main format for vgc and the sun moon trials using double strategy it could make sense for future games I'm sure this isn't the first time the idea has been proposed. I found it in my Coliseum play uh, through through that using setup and taking a longer game approach was more enjoyable than the typical hyper-aggressive strategy that I use in the main game. This is a stretch, but with the Switch's superior hardware, I could see a battle mechanic that lets you choose how many total Pokemon you can send into battle at once. I imagine a UB or legendary boss type battle with the ability to send my overleveled starter in alone to sweep or a warrior slash mage cleric team for strategy or just throw out the whole squad. They could balance it with more cooldowns, with move cooldowns or allowing more trains for having fewer Pokemon on the field. Some trainers use all their Pokemon, especially the evil team grunts. Uh, Ace trainers use one or two at a time. Obviously, this wouldn't have to be main be, be part of the competitive format, but would add interesting strategy and unique gameplay options to the main story. Your friend and unironic Charizard superfan, Viking. Okay, so wait, I want to start, I want to start a conversation real quick here. Um, Go for it. Just as a comment to the, like, let's send out X amount of Pokemon in this type of battle thing. I think Pokemon has realized that this is a way to make more fun. However, I feel like they've flipped it around in a sense because... It's super easy for all of us to become overleveled and sweep through everything, right? Yeah. And so they found a way to get around that. And I think, first of all, we can all experience this in Gen 7 in terms of totem battles, where it's a (laughs) two-on-one situation. And that two-on-one situation makes the game incredibly more difficult or more more difficult. 
And more so it's more challenging for us. And I can only imagine it making it more difficult or making the game easier if we're allowed to do a two-on-one in the opposite way, right? Yeah. And so that, that's something I think they would want to stay away from. That, that, that's just my opinion. So mm. I, I, don't want, I don't want him to feel like I'm trying to shoot down his idea. But I feel like this is something that's been addressed by Pokemon to some extent. Just they've realized it's better the other way around. Because we got the same thing with horde battles. I think most notably would be when you fight the five grunts at the in the Delta <laughs> episode in uh, in Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. They all use Mighty Yenas, and they all have Intimidate, by the way. So oh. yeah, it was so you get five Intimidates all at once, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. So that, unless you're a special attacker, yeah, it, it doesn't matter if you're a special attacker or if you were like competitive or defiant, right? That would be great. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. go on, go on. Yeah. Uh, P.S. In my playthrough, I purified a Jolly Heracross with 20, 22, 17, 29, 30, 30 IVs, possibly one to three points higher in each. That's actually really good for Gen 3. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to use it on a Ribbon Run Battle Revolution playthrough team, and it needs a nickname. I'm thinking either No Fly Zone, UB Gen 2, or Shovelhead. Shovelhead. I was going to name it Ron Jeremy, but it is female. If you can think of a better name, that would be great too. Thanks for the help. Uh, hey, Golden Klefki. Oh. Golden oh, Klefki is no. the next email. Oh, okay. Uh, I, it's hard to tell. Okay. That's yeah, it. so I, 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 I vote Shovelhead. I vote Shovelhead. I like No Fly Zone. I, uh, <laughs> I like No Fly Zone and I like Shovelhead, but UB Gen 2 is also <laughs> funny. You gave us three names and we all voted equally. It's all good. Um, they, they're all equally good names. They are all great names. Yes, this is this is a true fact. All right, so we're going to go on to the Golden Klefki. I'm going to steal this one. Hello, hello, Puckle people. Golden Klefki here, here to answer the mailbag question. When I think of the things Pokemon has yet to do, what comes to mind is multiplayer outside of just battling. Wouldn't it be awesome if your friends could come along on your Pokemon adventure with you, fighting some double battle gyms or taking down the evil team of the region together? Some awesome mini games where you could compete against each other, like a multiplayer Mantine Surf would be amazing as well. The Switch might just be the console, console for that. Uh, that will make this po- a possibility because it's ability to be connected to a TV. Let me know what you guys think. Until next time, jingle jingle, the golden clef key. So I, I, I don't know if it's going to be like that. I wish it was. I, I would like that, but I don't, I don't think there's a good way to implement it in the current like Pokemon yeah. formula. Hmm. Right? Yeah. I, I, like, I, I think it would be an awesome feature. And I, we were talking about that a little bit in the underground segment, like earlier today, right? It would be kind of cool if it, like, they give us an underground where we can meet up with our friends. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd be down to do that. Like, if that was an option on Pokemon for the Switch, I would totally do it. And I feel like that's just a game freak way of implementing something like that as well. Yeah, I think the problem with many of these online things on the Switch is, the, although the Switch has the the capability of remaining online, it is very easy for it to get disconnected because you can you know put it on sleep and all that. I've been playing uh, recently um, Dragon Ball, um, what's it called, Xenoverse uh, Two, mm-hmm. and it's annoying because if uh, in order for you to get all the cool stuff online, you know when you log in online, they give you something daily, so forth, so forth. But uh, when you play and then suddenly, oh, I have to do it. I got a call. So I put it on sleep. And then when I reconnect, when I go back, it disconnects completely. It even throws me back into the main hub because it oh. completely disconnects from the Internet. Yep. Um, and it 
Yeah, and it's just I don't unless they maybe that's just an exclusive Cineverse issue. But if if that's just a signal of how the online system works on the Switch, that it's not reassuring. Reassuring. Yeah, I could definitely see that. That is definitely a problem. Oh man, that's true. I don't know. I I would really like that. Like that is the dream, right? So yeah. I I could call one of you guys up and be like, oh hey, like I'm playing Pokemon right now. Let's go do it. And you're just like, yeah, let's do it. Uh, I think yeah. then. At that point, we're getting to Pokemon MMO territory, though. Mm-hmm. Nah, guys, the best multiplayer experience in Pokemon was the Entralink, where I could be a Meowth and block my my uh, friend's path. <laughs> 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 you, no, you're not allowed to walk here. Oh my gosh, you're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> uh, the Entralink. Oh god. Uh, okay, okay. Let's move on then. This last one is from uh, Sam Davies. Same day, and I can already see why Thatch left this one for me. Because I'm the only one that's do this kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Thatch and Succulent co-host. Succulent. Succulent. <laughs> Delicious. Dear Savage Fire 765 on Discord, writing into the mailbag with the topic of the last episode. But first, here's a Pokemon poem created by yours truly. Disclaimer, maybe cringy. Oh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna take your cringy and I'm gonna double it. You're talking to the guy who sang uh, Santa Thatch. Uh, okay. We're all pretty cringy here to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I look up uh, I look up at the early morning sun and wake up to a fresh Alola day. Pokemon, well, there's a ton, and soon all the Mudsdale will nigh. I feel so relaxed under the tree and the with these chinglings. But the moment is ruined when they start ringing. Oh, what a world. Oh, what to say. But all things that happened in a Pokemon day. And now for the topic. This was the topic of uh, rules were made to be broken. But here it is. I think that one thing that Pokemon could use um, is changing its shiny charm. Could use changing its shiny charm. Saying this, as a person that does not have 100% Pokedex and really don't care to have one, I think that they should give you the shiny charm through some different way. I get that the big phrase or motto for Pokemon is gotta catch them all. Well, actually, they dropped that, uh, Sam Davis. No well, they brought it back. I think they, they brought it back. They brought it back? Yeah. Why? Because you gotta catch them all. Oh, well. <laughs> but I think that if they want more people coming to things like VGC, then maybe they should make it a prize for beating the battle tree. This could make people think more strategy towards their team and give them confidence, which is what you need going to events like VGC. So tying things in like the shiny charm as an added bonus to this will bring more people in. The Pokemon who like the shinies, well, who is, well, everyone, and possibly bring them into more uh, Pokemon uh more into the Pokemon community. So, before I continue, slight note there. I understand what you say, but to quote the villain in Incredibles, if everyone has superpowers, then no one has superpowers. Yeah. And I think the thing about Shinies is they're rare. Um, so, I think it's by design they should be difficult to attain because if everyone would have Shiny, then they're not Shiny. They're just alternate color Pokemon that everyone has. To be fair, I think the argument can be made, though, Jishiro, that uh-huh. you it's easier to have to complete a Pokedex than it is to have to do something like the Battle Tree, right? Because, really? 
Yeah, well, yeah. So, well, for legacy players, more so than like a new person to the series, right? Well, because I can go complete a national decks now, incredibly easy. I have a living decks. I literally just yeah. dump it in, dump it out. I've got a full. I've got a national. Yeah, decks. I've been meaning to do that for years and haven't been able to do. Yeah, it. I I literally just made one this gen because I'm just like, you know what? I'm tired of this. I'm just gonna go yeah. ahead and get it done. <laughs> okay. Continuing, another thing that I think they should change in the rival is the rival battles. In Pokemon, you're supposed to be superior to all others, aren't you? <laughs> I didn't think there was a... a, a you're the a, champion. You're the champion. Well, you have to get there, though. It's yeah. not like you start out being superior. That, counts, that sounds kind of Pokemon racist. <laughs> Pokemon <laughs> racist? What? Poke, pokeyist. Yeah, exactly. Pokey is. You're not, you don't Pokemon. start out, ooh, I have a Bulbasaur. Now I'm best ever. Anyway. <laughs> uh, have you met Bo? Um. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Touche. Anyway, in Pokemon, you're supposed to be superior to all others. And in the rival battles with Howl, well, bad example too. It's like, it's Howl. This mm-hmm. is no different. As uh, the fluffiest Whimsicott mentioned in, the, in an earlier episode, or maybe 325, is that Howl is always ahead. They should have at least one or two rival game uh, battles you are meant to fail at because finding how sitting in that champion seat will be very satisfying and amusing to see. Um, Simpsons did it. My... What was that? Simpsons did it. That's all I can think of because, like, if you want, if you want to see how sitting in the champion seat when you get there, that's you're yeah. essentially like, oh man, I want to play blue version. No, oh, that's true. Yeah, because, because it already happened and. Uh, I, how isn't actually always ahead. There are several times where like, he's got to do a trial after you in that yeah, game. That's true. And so I, I wouldn't say he's always ahead. Yeah. I think who, who was ahead all the time was Gary. Yeah. Gary was always ahead. Yeah. I agree with okay, that. So that's all for my writing. Thanks for taking the time to read my email and hopefully enjoy the poem. See you on the flip flop, Sam. All right. Now, before we go on guys, uh, that was the end of the emails. So first, before we appoint a Green Taurus badge winner, I would like to say if you'd like to write into the mailbag next week, you can do so by going to Puckle, sending us an email at pucklepodcast at gmail.com. You can do so by letting us know what the, your favorite part of every region was or what's a feature from some region that you'd like to see come back in a region design in the future. Send that in to, once again, pucklepodcast at gmail.com. But now, let's go ahead and see, pick our Green Taurus badge winner. Who did you guys like the best? I like singing. Mm. I like reading poems. Oh yeah, poems. Okay, okay. I I I think the poem one gets it. Okay, you know what? Yeah, Sam. Yep. So Savage Fire Seven Six Five on the Discord. You're gonna get the Green Taurus badge this week. Yeah. Nicely bum, bum, done. Bum. All right. So nice if you guys want to hang out with more Puckle stuff and maybe get some Discord on as well, you can check out the Discord in the show notes. You can also catch us on Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. Catch all those on our website, PucklePodcast.com, if it's running and Bluehost isn't screwing me. And <laughs> if you want to hang out with Yushiro, I'm going to take a couple-week hiatus from streaming uh, due, to my, due to my thesis writing. Um, you can go ahead and check him out at twitch.tv slash thepucklepodcast, streaming some TCG. And hopefully I, I might pop, on, pop in one or two days if I just get tired of writing. Um, yeah, I got a new setup, guys. Just move him to my new place. Woo. I'm excited to stream tomorrow or today, actually, if you're listening Ooh, to this. Exciting. Thing. Monday. <laughs> yeah, exciting. And if you would like to support the show in any way, you can go do so one of two ways. Right now, there's actually a sale. Well, the sale will be over by the time the time the show's over. But you guys can go to Tee Public and find any of the awesome Puckle shirts there. Apparently, we have an Altaria Air shirt now. 
which I did not know about. Uh, I didn't. We also have the Toxa Pepsi shirt. Yeah. No, there's just like all of this stuff going on in terms of shirt designs that I just don't know about. And you know what? It's okay. I'm okay waking up and not knowing what's going on. Um, and usually, yeah, usually that's what happens in the boss. It's like, oh, we have a sale. Who authorized that? Because it wasn't me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not upset about it. It's one of those things where, like, cool, things are happening without me doing anything. I'm okay with this. <laughs> and so. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also if you want to help directly support the show, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash puckle podcast. You could do, you could do that and get a host of excellent rewards. Um, next month we're going to be kicking off the live shows again. So you can go be on a live show. If you're a patron, you can also get access to an exclusive server on the or channel on the discord server. And if you are high enough up on that tier, you can get puckle TCG cards. So definitely check that out. Um, at, yeah, uh, I think that's it. So, that's going to be. And it. speaking of, yes, TCG, go ahead. Do not miss the TCG cast every other Thursday, uh, and uh, we are going to start the first 2018 TCG tournament, Puckle TCG tournament. It's going to be the first of April, but uh, after starting next week, we are going to start registering. So, if you want more details, stay tuned this Thursday for the TCG cast. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's going to be it here, guys. So that I'm Trainer Thatch. I'm Scrum. And I'm Lord Yashiro. And here in the Lavender Town Radio Tower, it's closing time. As always, we would like to thank our patrons who make this show possible. You can become a patron by going to patreon.com slash pucklepodcast, where you'll get cool rewards. But of course, let's thank the people who are helping the show be what it is and help us do all of our awesome projects. So thank you to Dark Flame, Regal Superior, Ten Little Men, Duly Noted, Andrea, 
for the fluffiest whimsy cut. Locke, Dr. Shamu, Mongo87, Snag, Jushiro, Bosephus, Alvairon, Seth Vilo, Minor Manetric, Claude9, Chris, Mikey, John, R. Sigma, Doc McStuffles, Jestern, The Golden Klefki, Uncle Oshawott, Trevor, TJ Van Troll, Dexio, Ryuse, Shambles, Birdkeeper Cobra, Richard, Daniel, Traby, Greg, Alec, Ozzy, Alex, Kenneth, The British Gent, Rotted Mushroom, Orange Avenger, Dennis, Anime Gravy, Thomas, Jedi DJ, Antonio, Travis, Mark, Beaverla, Inferno, 235, David, and The Real EV. Thank you, you guys, because you helped the show be awesome and you help us do some awesome things. Your rewards should be shipped out by the end of the week, so look out for those in the mail. We'll catch you guys on the flip-flop. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.